Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. It's presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday at 7 right here on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. This is actually the last Thursday of the season, Moyer. It's been a good year, Paul. Yeah, no, we, you know, we love being here. And you guys have been awesome. Thanks for showing up again for our last Thursday. And uh, happy holidays as we, we uh, I don't know, man, we final, man. This is crazy. This is it, man. Get your shopping done. Now, this is my nightmare, honestly. The mall is my nightmare. I, I don't like going to the mall unless i'm going to bellevue square center court obviously good call uh you know you got uh got the rolex over there uh, my, my tax bracket does not allow me to buy rolex yet um but i'm just hoping to get like you when i grow up paul moyer what an apple watch there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's the modern rolex I, I can't afford a rolex and um no but this has always been good this is our second year here and and they've treated us well and they've uh today we're at again at the suite uh yep. god man good people lisa the owner there and um Angela, our, our server, who's every time we walk in there, it's so weird because I'm all about customer service. We walk in there and they know who we are. They actually know what we ordered last. Right. Um, they had reserved seating for us. And yeah, it's just been a really good partnership. Yeah, they hook us up. They hook us up. But we are here to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. And last week, all right, you lose to the San Francisco 49ers 28 to 16. But it was a good game, honestly. Now, I know you look at the score. You can look at the explosive plays you and I were talking mm -hmm. about. Look, 10 plays for the 49ers uh, had 365 yards. We knew they were going to be explosive. We knew that you had to wrap them up and tackle. But, um, you know, you were still in the game. You lose 28 to 16. You got Drew Locke, your backup quarterback, getting his first start since, what, 2021? I believe November 18th was the date. He goes 22 of 31, 369, two touchdowns and two interceptions. You and I agree one interception uh, wasn't on him. You hit his elbow, boom, the ball comes out like a duck. But um, this was a battle. And uh, this game right here gave me hope for this week. But let's focus on this game for a little bit. What did you see in this battle with the 49ers? And uh, what gets you optimistic? Uh, I don't want to say they're easily correctable things. Right. Now, I thought we matched their intensity. The, the bummer was the very first play of the game, the 72-yarder. It just kind of, I mean, that was an immediate, you know, all the wind came out of the sails. But I just thought the way we responded. I mean, we come right back, we score a touchdown, we take the lead 10 to 7. We actually have a third and 11 play where I'm like, okay, we're about to get off the field again. This had been three drives in a row that we had shut them down, and we don't play it very well. Um, we play it really poorly, and they end up getting a touchdown to Debo Samuels on that one. It shouldn't have happened, it did. Been a lot of talk about uh, Pete, you know, with some of the players and, you know, just making sure that they're accountable for things. Um, but I just thought we matched them physically. And I, I know the score, and it, it didn't look great, but it actually was pretty good. Uh, it's just, man, there was just these big plays. And, and really, that is normally the difference. Right. I've never seen that many big plays. And it wasn't like they threw a big play and we were both there and they happened to make a catch over us and they made a spectacular play. We just had eight or nine bonehead plays and against, I think, the most talented team in the NFL right now. That can't happen. 
No, you can't. What Debo Samuel had seven receptions for 149 and one touchdown. Brandon Ayuk had six catches for 126, no touchdowns. George Kittle had three for 76 and one touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, 16 carries, 145, no touchdowns. But you're right. This is the uh, the most talented team offensively in the NFL, in my opinion, when you talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy had himself a day, but um, it's about the Seahawks, man. And you're down 10 to 14 going into the half. You, you give yourself a chance in the fourth quarter. You're just not able to take advantage of uh, a couple opportunities that the defense gave you. And I think that's what I focus on is that, look, you can look at the numbers that the defense gave up, 527 yards total offense. But there were moments in the game where you felt like, okay, the defense gave the offense the ball. Let's go ahead and score. Or the, the offense would have went, went ahead and scored. Let's give the defense a chance to hold it down. They just couldn't get on the same page at the same time. Yeah, I think what was frustrating, I think the coaches felt they really knew what the 49ers did. And that's where you, you're hearing the frustration from Pete. We practiced this. We knew exactly their formation in this position, what they were going to run. How do you not execute on that? And... I almost think there's a point where, you know, let's if, if, see if I can describe this properly. When you coach and, and when you play a team back to back, like we, we didn't went back to back, but within three weeks of each other, you almost have too much information. Right. You know every one of their formations, you know their personnel, you know where they are on the field, what they're going to do. And so now you're coaching the players say, by the way, when they're in this formation, and so as a player, you're, you're going, okay, 85 and 75. Well, but 15% of the time they don't, 25%. Right. You just start overthinking it. And I think that's what ended up happening there. That one touchdown I just mentioned on Jamal Adams, I, I actually knew the play was coming <laughs> because of watching film. I knew by formation, down a distance, this is what they want to do. That doesn't mean they're going to throw that route or throw it to that route. There's a couple things that they do uh, intermittently as well. So you just go, how do you not get that? It's just because you're overthinking it too much. There's a point where you just got to go, we just got to go make plays, man. We just got to go play football. We're a talented team. You got to still scheme it right. Um, and I'm a big believer also, you got to have the right matchups. And right. I, th I think this week will be interesting to see what do the Seahawks do on third down? Are they just going to put the same people out there? Or are you going to match up with their personnel? And I'm kind of hoping we make a few changes. Yeah, that's a good point. It was the, uh, the matchups that got you, right? You get your tight end in a favorable matchup. You uh, motion Christian McCaffrey out the backfield. He has a favorable matchup. When I look at this matchup this week, I go, okay. It's pretty much straight up what you're going to see offensively when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll tell you guys one thing. If you ever see Travis Kelsey, not Travis, excuse me, Jason Kelsey pull, all right, the running back is, excuse me, the quarterback is going to follow him. There are little things that they do. They're not as deceptive as the 49ers. So I look at the matchup last week and I go, you had to be so disciplined to beat that team and you still had a chance late in the game with this team of course this is football you have to be disciplined but you're not going to see all the motion and movement that you're that you've seen with the 49ers so I like the matchup honestly man and um, I'm not just being a homer I'm not just sitting here and trying to gas you guys up and and hope for the best every single week 
this is a game that these guys could win. And if they do win this game, that could start a chain reaction of winning four in a row, possibly getting to 10 wins and seeing what happens. Yeah, I think Philly's in a tough situation right now, too. They've been blown out two games in a row, blown out by the same teams that we just played. We, we didn't get blown out by the Cowboys. We certainly, you know, or, or San Francisco. They got blown out. And now they're on a bit of a losing streak, too, which they haven't had to face. And certainly Hurts uh, hasn't faced in probably his whole career. Right. And they're about to come into a hostile environment. Look, this playoff start Monday. Pete talked about it. It's, it's win or go home over the next four weeks into the playoffs. If we can get to the playoffs, we will be dangerous. We'll be healthier. Um, I, it, we're a better football team than them. I'm just watching the matchups. We, we got more skill players. This is a really good team, though. They're well coached. But right now they're struggling, struggling to make plays. Um, you know, Hurts, when he has to get outside the, the scheme and, and make plays, he actually has been struggling the last few weeks. So, you know, if we can keep him in the pocket, that'll be great. He's, he's very gifted. I really like him as a quarterback. But they're not, they're not the same team they were the previous 20 games. Good point. Last year they finished the season with 70 sacks led the NFL. They are behind the Seahawks right now when it comes to, to 39. Yep, to, the, to 39. So there's an advantage there. I look at the secondary. You got uh, Bradbury, who's a good corner, eight yep. years in the league, though. He can be got. Look at Slay, 11 years in the league, a corner. He can be got. Um, it's all about matchups. Now, I, I look at, and we'll get deeper into the matches, right, the specifics, but I love that they are not good against the pass in the Philadelphia Eagles. I look at Geno Smith. D, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and JSN, when they are going, this is one deadly pass attack. So um, I'm excited. Monday Night Football at Lumen Field, you've lost four games in a row. The first time in Pete Carroll's career, he's lost four games in a row. This is a perfect bounce back game, but you're going to need the 12s there excited and ready to help this team to victory. Yeah, and, I, and honestly, I don't even care who our quarterback is this week. I, I, I Drew Locke can throw the ball. Matter of fact, he might be I said top five. He might be one of the top three most talented arms in the league. It, the stuff he does, man, it's wow moment stuff. The way the ball spins off his hand, and it's effortless. And there's times you go, man, this guy looks like he's been starting for 20 years. And then there's one or two plays where right. you just go, ah, oh, you know, I wish you had a ran there. Ah, oh, why did you throw it there? But as far as arm action, he made, he made two or three. Th- the one to DK, the one to Tyler Lockett. I, I'm telling you, those were high, high, tough, um, uh, difficult throws that, that he made. And he just makes it look so easy. I'd like to have Geno back just because I think the team is probably more confident in what he can do. But, you know, this is team why they only have 37 sacks. They can get after you. I yeah. mean, they're, they're really talented up front. And so we're going to have to protect well that, to do what we want to do in the passing game. Moyer texted me at like 10.30 or 11 o'clock and said, I think Drew Locke might be more talented than what people are giving him credit for. I watched the film. He can throw the football. But again, reps, decision-making. I prefer Geno, but I think Drew Locke is good enough to keep this team in the game. When you get to the fourth quarter, um, the Hawks haven't been great in the fourth quarter when it comes to scoring bottom three in the league. But you know what? Hey, hang around and you'll be fine. The Philadelphia Eagles have been down the last six games going into halftime. So let's keep the good times rolling. All right. Coming up next, we'll dive into the Seahawks week 15 opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles. That is next right here on Hawks Live.
Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. Our last Thursday here at Bellevue Square Center Court is presented by Bellevue Square Dining District, man. And uh, you know what? We talked about last week, okay? You always got to revisit the past so you don't repeat history, okay? (laughs) That's why we do that. We have to digest it. We got to talk about it, have our therapy session, and then we move on. So that's exactly what we're doing right now. We are moving on. So this is who the Eagles are on paper, okay? Offensively, they have the eighth-ranked defense. They are averaging 358 yards per game. The eighth-ranked rushing offense, 124 yards per game. 13th pass offense, 234 yards per game. And the sixth scoring offense, 26 points per game. This is where it gets shaky for these guys defensively, all right? 21st-ranked defense in the league. Sixth when it comes to uh, defending the run. 28th when it comes to defending the pass. And 28th when it comes to points per game. So, yes, you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team and you say, look, there's Jalen Hurts. There's A.J. Brown. Devontae uh, Smith. You got, got, you got Reddick uh, defensively. Bradbury. Slay. Every team has their whole sweat. Every team has their holes, right? So how do you attack this team? I think it's going to be a shootout. I think that if the defense can get two or three stops, the offense get things going, you score more than 30 points, you could be in the game. The Hawks are 5-0 and oh when they rush for 100 yards or more. They are 7-1 and one Why wouldn't you when run they them? do not do that. They're 1-7 and seven when they are under 100. They're 5-0 and oh when they do. They haven't done, uh, they haven't had 100 yards since the commander game. Why wouldn't you run the ball? Well, you can run and the I, ball. I know that's a statistic. Got to be effective. I get it, and you get behind, and but I'm like, man. I mean, there's so much to that. It's, it's limiting possessions. It's, it's it's eating up the clock. It's it's forcing teams to get stressed offensively. You know, um, I was talking about the Huskies, and I go, one of my concerns in the this the playoffs with them is they're going to play really big offensive or offensive linemen and. You know, whether it's Texas or Alabama, Michigan, the championship game, they're so big that they can grind the ball and eat possessions away and, and time, and all of a sudden you start to stress as an offense. And it's the same thing. When you run the ball, you stress another offense. They go, oh, man, we, we have to score on this drive. Right. So, and I know it's easier said than done. I mean, you got to do what the defense gives you. And it's not like it'll be easy. Their front four is, is good. I'm actually surprised they're – uh, 22nd in total defense, uh, but they are six in, in rust defense. Those are just yards. Those don't mean anything. I look at yards per carry. It's going to be a tough game, but I, I, I really think we got to get back to our identity. Here's the weird thing. I don't know Philly's identity. I, I was watching them on film, and I go, what, what are they trying to do? Mm. You know, I mean, they, they got skill players all over the board. They're actually, I think they're, we're kind of a mere image of each other, you know, other than and the quarterbacks. Uh, point of view I don't know what they're trying to do that's that's the thing is they have when it comes to receiving yards the number two receiver in the league when it comes to running the football they got a top four running back as well and DeAndre Swift he has 100 or excuse me 822 yards so you look at it and you go okay how are they going to attack you but then you look at Jalen Hurts he will turn the football over he will so you watch the film and you go you go okay how are they going to attack you how do they prefer to attack you I think they're an opportunistic 
type offense, right? Yeah. So when we look at our offense in the, the Seattle Seahawks, our defense, let's say, here are the numbers. Overall, they're the 28th ranked defense, allowing 367 yards per Man. game. When it comes to defending the run, they are 23rd, allowing 123. When it comes to pass defense, they're 25th, allowing 243 yards per game. And then points allowed per game, 27th, 24 points per game. So you look at the Seahawks defense and you go, okay, you're going to have to defend everything because you're not really good at anything or not great at anything. But to start the season, I thought the secondary would be the strong point of this team. I think they still are. I think they are too, but I think that the loss of Achenna and then Boya Mafe kind of cooling down a little bit has hurt this team. But Leonard Williams and Jay Reed have played pretty good as a player. No, I still think our secondaries, if you allow them, if we match up properly, I still uh, we're going to have to... Um, uh, anyway, I'll talk about that in a second. I, 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 You've got to match up with teams properly. Um, where I think we've been hurt, you know, you, I, no secret, is to me it's the middle of the field. It's the linebackers. It's the mismatches along the way. And I don't feel like we've matched up with the other teams properly. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have Trey Brown on later, so you know, we'll ask a little bit more about that. But, uh, you know, we're, we're skilled across the board. We're young. I mean, look, Trey Brown's in his third year. You know, you got Woolen, who's in his second year. you got... Uh, Witherspoon, who's a rookie. I mean, these are young guys. I mean, they're 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 going to get hit every once in a while. The guys, though, I really think they got to step up is you know certainly Jamal Adams and and to me it's Diggs as well. They just haven't played to you know what we had hoped they they would be. This is a really good matchup though. I'm excited to see it. It's a playoff atmosphere. I mean, there's no question Philly needs us win if they want to try and. I don't think they're going to get the number one seed. I think the 49ers are just right. They're on such a roll. They're so Cowboys talented. Too. Yeah, Cowboys too. I think Philly's going to struggle a little bit, and they're starting to get the hard part of their schedule as well. So um, good matchup. I mean, we're, we'll find out if we're a playoff team uh, on Monday. Here are some reasons to be optimistic about this game, right? All right. The Eagles, they have 10 wins. Only three games have been decided by more than one score. So you know if you keep it close, yeah. you're probably going to be in this game. Like I mentioned, Philly has also trailed at halftime in each of the past six games. They are 4-2 and two in those games, but they give you hope. They give you life, right? Philly is horrible on third downs defensively. They allowed opponents to convert on 48% of the time when it comes to third Shocking, downs. The man. worst in the NFL. Last but not least, teams are scoring 70% of the time if you get into the red zone against this team. That is the third worst in the NFL. So I look at the Philadelphia Eagles and I go, all right, this is a good football team, right? You're not 10-3 on accident, but you have some flaws. If you are able to, to, to press the issue, to, to get in third and short, to get inside that red zone, get a lead before halftime, you can position yourself to win a ball game. And I think that's probably what the Hawks have been missing is, is that positioning, right? Putting yourself in a spot to where you feel really good about um, your, your team in the second half and late into the game. In the fourth quarter, they are the bottom four the Hawks when it comes to scoring points in the fourth quarter. What does Pete say? Can't win in the first, second, third. You can win it in the fourth. I'm looking at this game and go, win it in the first or position yourself in the first and the second, win it in the third and the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, no, no question. I mean, we've given up some double-digit leads in the fourth quarter this year. I mean, they hurt us. I mean, you go back and look at just our schedule. I mean, there, you know, like there's three games we absolutely should have won, you know, and, and we didn't. And, and now we're in the hole we are. I, we're a good football team, man. Don't don't take our record at six and seven. We're a good football team. We just played some, you know, played the 49ers twice. They're the best team in the NFL. 
Now, we got a little better uh, on the road last week, and then obviously the Cowboys, the game we, we should have won, the, the big one to me that killed us was against the Rams. So why is Monday a playoff a game? Because 9-8 and eight is not getting in for the Seahawks. They lose every tiebreaker. We don't, our division record, our conference record, the head-to-head, not good. So we're going to have to win 10 games. It's doable, but it, it, it starts on Monday. Hey, got to get it done on Monday against Philly. Um, it's going to be a good matchup. What I don't want to see when Philly has the ball, third and one. I don't want to see that because they're converting 92% of the time. You know what? I look at Philly when it comes to the brotherly shove or the tish push. It reminds me of Jordan at the free throw line growing up. I don't remember Jordan missing a free throw in my mind growing up as a kid. Right. I don't remember Philly not converting on a third and one ever in my life. It's scary when I get to third and one. I, but I'm, I'm under the, the Dumb and Dumber movie. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I just want to say I want him to do that push thing, and I want to be that eight percent that stops okay. them. Uh, but no, I don't want third and one because <laughs> I'm not dumb and dumb. No, I won't do that. Yeah. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court, where you have a chance to win gift cards from the dining district at the Bellevue Collection tonight. They are giving away gift cards to the Sweet Restaurant and Lounge and Castilla Restaurant. When we return, we'll go around the NFL. There's a Thursday night game going on. Blowout. We'll talk about that next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. This is Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. The show starts on Thursday. This is our last Thursday. Can we put together about that? 14 of these shows. Um, it's been awesome, man. How long have we been doing this? This is like five years. Well, because NASA said it was like eight for me. Well, eight for you, five for me. Yeah. I'm like, I, I remember one time they asked me, they go, hey, will you fill in? And then the next year, hey, will you do this full time? I'm like, I, I, got, a, I got a day job, man. I, I, I don't have time for this. And then and you and I have been doing it. It feels like yesterday. Oh, you did the Wally Pip on him? Wally Pip. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I would leave my mitt. Not now, but at the time. <laughs> at the time, Wally Pitt. But not now. Wally Pitt. Right. Now no one gets my seat. Hey, my guy Moye. Yeah. We doing this. We got another year. Hey, you know who's doing it as well? Mm-hmm. My, I talked to my mom today, Renee Bumpus. I love you if you're listening. You're not because you were at the Raiders game in Las Vegas. And the Raiders were up Nuh-uh. 49 to 7. They got 7? They scored 7. Because it was 42 to nothing at halftime. 49 to 7. The Chargers are in disarray right now. Wow. The Raiders just lost a game by three points because they didn't score any points. And now you allow that same team to do what you're doing to you tonight, man. Staley, you know what? And you make a good point, Moyer. Never feel bad for head coaches who get fired. You know why? Because their money is guaranteed. All of us got to show up to work tomorrow, right, and clock in and clock out. He signs that contract. That money's guaranteed. So, um I guess emotionally, he probably feels a certain way, but financially, he's just fine. Real quick, uh, do you know who Easton Stick is? I do because this is what I do for work. Yeah. yeah. Where'd he go to school? He went to Illinois. No, North Dakota State. Oh, fifth round, though. North Dakota State. Fifth round. Uh, I just know he was born in 1995, 28 years old. He's starting tonight. Why'd you do for the that Chargers. to me? Why'd you throw his, his birth date out there and just Is make that, me feel like an old by man? By the way, by, real quick, Michael Bumpa's birthday, 38 years old. Let's give him some love. Come on. Let's do it. 
Joanna, yep. Joanna, also Joanna's birthday. Oh, that's right. That was that's the my gift birthday exchange. Buddy, my birthday buddy back there. Oh, All I right, love appreciate that. you, love you. She's uh, been a fan of the show as long as she's been on this earth. About what, six, seven years, something like that? <laughs> How old are you now? Nine, nine years. She's been a fan of the show. All Disrespected right. her. Disrespected. I'm sorry. She looks young. She'll, she'll like that when she's like 25, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. She'll How old are you? That. Are you 42? <laughs> no, I'm 60. Okay, that's different. All right, so the NFL, man. Um, now, Justin Herbert, he's one of the, the talents in this league that baffles me because you see the physical talent. You see the arm strength. Um, he's won games uh, winning in the fourth quarter. He's mobile. But that goes to show you have to be in the right situation to win in this league. Everybody, there's about 1,500 players in the NFL. Everybody's talented. I don't care if you are a practice squad guy, if you're a third-string guy. Everybody is talented, but you have to be in the right situation. Uh, my guy Herbert seems like he's not in that situation, but he might hit the restart button next year because I don't expect Staley to be back next year. No, I, I don't either. You know, I mentioned that uh, Easton Stick, he's starting tonight over over. Uh, Herbert, who I do think is talented. I, um, I mean, he's really talented. Matter of fact, I, would, I might even take him over Lawrence. I think I would. I really do. Um, but there's just something about the Chargers. I don't know what it is. I watch them and I go, talented. I go, I just, no one ever fears them. And, and they're so inconsistent. Right. They'll go and win a game, you know, against a really good team in the next week. You know, they're down 49 to 7. It was 42 to nothing at halftime. That's an insane number. I've never experienced that in my life, and I've been doing this a long time. You know, I, I mean, to get your butt kicked that bad when talent is so close to being equal in the NFL, um, yeah, their coach is gone. I'm just looking statistically. I mean, the Raiders have 348 yards to mm. 176, and that's after a 74-yard pass that Easton Stick finally threw to somebody to get them on the board. So... They would have had a, less than 100 yards at this point. I don't know. I mean, the Chargers are just, they're, they're kind of that team. It's just they don't have a home. You know, they should be in San Diego. And for them to, you know, <laughs> they should be. They moved up north. They were supported in San Diego. And I get that they wouldn't give them a new stadium. But in today's world now with all the, the billionaires, you know, most cities are saying we'll be a partner with you, but you got to do the majority of it. Right. Uh, and they're, they're just too expensive. And, they're just they're they're just a team without a home and a and a fan base. I mean, it, it would suck. Could you imagine going to Lumen Field, and we're the under we we're the visiting team. There's so many other fans there, but yeah. yours, uh, that would be a bummer. So I just think the man, it's, they're they're in a tough situation. I grew up in Los Angeles. All my buddies are Niner fans, Raider fans, and believe it or not, uh, Philadelphia Eagle fans. Really, I don't know why. Maybe that's the, the games that they showed us growing up, but that's who they are. So when you look into the crowd and you're at home and you're getting booed or the crowd is loud on third and short, uh, it, it's all bad. So let's keep going around the NFL. Okay. All right, so the Seahawks have been one of the more successful teams in the league the last 10 years. Crowd, I need some participation. Who do you think is another team that's been the most successful in the league the past 10 years? Oh, the Patriots. That's good. Patriots, right? The Patriots are not looking like the Patriots as of late. 
Now, we all know that Tom Brady leaves. He goes to Tampa Bay. He wins himself this uh, seventh Super Bowl. And now you're looking at Bill Belichick, and you're saying, was it Tom? Is it you? Me personally, I think it was, it was a combination because people forget Bill Belichick is a defensive guy, and that defense when Tom Brady was there was pretty dang good. I wouldn't oh, yeah. say you have, like, a top five defense of all time, but you got guys like Teddy Bruschi out over there. Um, you got the twins, the McCourty twins as well. They were making some plays. So now I look at this situation in New England. 20 years with one franchise. Is it time for Bill Belichick to get up out of there? You know, the NFL is a lot different than any other sport, man. It's what have you done for me lately? You know, he's had two years. And we, you and I were talking about this when we were with the suite for dinner. The, you know, the most respected, I, I don't know if most respected, the winningest coach in, in NBA history is Greg Popovich. He has not won over 34 games in five years. Last year, he won 22. They're 3-20 and 20 this year. They've lost 18 games in a row, and they gave him a, a seven-year, $70 million extension. Loyal. What is that? <laughs> they haven't won a playoff game in seven years. So, but in the, in the NFL, because the money is so big, right? It's, it's what have you done for me lately. I think this is the last year. I do. Really? And here's the thing. Look, can you get in your 70s? Man, I love it, man. I'm 62. Don't get me wrong. I go, I got energy. Man, to lead and have that kind of energy every day to do what, it, I mean, the little things. It's just, I don't know if, you know, I'm not saying some don't. I mean, I think some have that ability. You know, you can tell quickly, but I'm looking at, he looks slower. You know, I, Pete's still got energy, man. You know, I just look at Bill and he doesn't have Tom Brady. And we clearly found out what the most important thing is, is Tom Brady. I think he's gone after this year. And that's just, it's the NFL. It's life. That's what it is. It's, um, it's a young man's game. And the trend of the NFL is that they're hiring younger coaches. How many guys yes. have we seen in this league, even in college football too, head coaches 30-plus years of age uh, leading these guys? So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a wave going on right now. And uh, Bill Belichick, he, he, he's got to keep up, man. And I, they don't do it in the NBA. Don't. They don't hire something. I mean, you got a 74-year-old guy who's the losingest coach in the last five years, and they gave him an extension, $70 million guaranteed. Loyal. I guess. Loyal. I don't get it, man, but whatever. They got Wimbenyama. Yeah. I know uh, we're talking basketball, but this is Hawks Live, okay? So <laughs> exactly. we'll get back to some football when we return. We'll talk to Derek Young on the phone. He'll holler at us. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. It's going down here at Bellevue Square. It is definitely the holiday season. People are shopping, spending money. Get your boy a hat if you feel generous, because that's (laughs) what I do over here. But uh, now we're joined live by our guy, Dariq Young. Dariq, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, no problem, thank man. Uh, thank you for joining us on a Thursday, man. Uh, I don't know if you had to put the game down or what you do on, on your late nights, but uh, we appreciate it, man. Um, man, you've had a, an interesting year, man. You had to battle back uh, from some injuries, but uh, I like seeing you back out there. How, how's the body feeling? How's the mental doing? Uh, body and mental doing good. Um, of course, it's been a, a struggle, you know, coming back from an injury, but um, 
you know, our coaching staff and our athletic trainers are some of the best in the NFL. So uh, I'm I'm blessed to be back on the field playing. Man, I love um, love seeing you out there. And, uh, you know, the, the average football fan might not have seen what you did to Nick Bosa, but I did. <laughs> and uh, oh, and uh, yeah. you, you, you set him down on his wallet, man. And it's always nice when us receivers can uh, get, get some leverage on, on a big guy like that. Um, uh, what is that like? Because you know what your responsibility is when the play is called. You line up. You see who, who you got to block. Um, it, it has to feel good to execute on that on that high of a level. Uh, yeah, so um, we installed that play earlier in the week. And, um, you know, uh, my job really wasn't, you know, anything crazy. Just, you know, pin the guy. Don't have to destroy him. But um, in the game, when I uh, started, he didn't see me where I was lined up at. And he thought he was just going one-on-one against, you know, Charles. I knew that I had a clean shot on him and I could just knock him off his feet. So that's what I did. You know, you you got size now. I mean, for those out here, we we got a big crowd, by the way. I want to ask you about your Christmas shopping. You ought to be here at the Bellevue <laughs> Square Mall right now. But you're 6'2". They got you listed at two and a quarter. Is that about right? Yep, that's about you're right. Still, I mean, so, you know, so, so you're a man. Now, you, you go to college at Lenore Rhine. How much blocking did you have to do when you were in college? Uh, I had to do quite a bit of blocking. My sophomore and junior year, I played in a wing T offense. So, um, you know, that's not the first time I had to block a defensive end. So uh, I have quite the experience with blocking. I love that because I, I coached at Bellevue High School. We ran the wing team. We have 11 state championships. And Michael Bumpus <laughs> thinks it's flex. the ugliest offense in the world. So I said, I- I- except it works. So now, <laughs> now let's trans- transition you to the NFL. When, when did you, I mean, because obviously athletically, man, we, we see that. When did you know that you could make that transition to the NFL as a wide receiver? Uh, I would say I officially knew, like, my fourth year college when I had uh, a bunch of scouts coming to see me practice um, once our uh, season got canceled. Um, That's really when I realized that I could, you know, make it to the NFL and then going into my fifth year, um, I already knew that was uh, my goal at the end of the year. So um, going into that season, I just wanted to have a good enough season to, you know, get invited to a bowl game, a senior bowl game, which I did, and wanted to do good there that we could practice and in the game which I did as well, and I knew I was going to put up crazy numbers at my pro day, so <laughs> really just had to, you know, do good in everything I could control, so now I'm here. Derek, we um, obviously in the NFL, anybody can get it any given Sunday. Um, you guys are on a four-game losing streak, but I'm looking at this matchup, man, and I see a real opportunity with uh, your team against the Philadelphia Eagles. I know you guys feel that way. You guys are professionals. You show up every day, ready to work. When you look at Philly, what do you see, and uh, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, Philly is a um, you know a physical team, but uh, so are we. Um, I feel like you know no matter who you're going against, you always have a chance to win. Uh, as long as we go in there and you know you know execute, um, uh, eliminate the penalties, and uh, don't turn the ball over, I feel like we'll be victorious. You know, losing four games in a in a row is tough, man. It's tough psychologically, and I I, I hate to even throw this question out to you because you're probably going to get <laughs> it's an easy answer. But I, 
Is, is it hard not to lose confidence? I mean, and say, hey, we, we still know how to win, particularly against good football teams going into this game? Uh, yeah, um, we definitely know how to win. Um, you know, it sucks being on a four-game losing streak, but, uh, you know, this same team, if I'm not mistaken, we've won four games in a row this year as well. So uh, we know, you know, that this this is a long season and it has its ups and downs, and um, we're still in the, you know, the playoff race. So uh, we're blessed to, you know, still have a chance to make it. So uh, we're just going to take it one week at a time and one game at a time, and hopefully we get in. Now, uh, you played uh, some tight end, right, uh, close to the line of scrimmage. Um, wh- what's it like, man? Um, I, a lot of receivers aren't comfortable in that box, right? you got to have a, a certain mentality to play inside the box. Do you think, um, I, I guess you can't give away too much, but uh, do you think we'll be seeing more of you um, tighten the box and, and helping out in the run game? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's something that I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with doing. I'll do whatever it takes, you know, for the team to win. So, um, you know, if that's what Shane wants me to do, then uh, I'll do it. All right, here's the real question. We got Christmas about a week away. How, how's your Christmas shopping going? <laughs> I was actually at Bellevue Square yesterday. So uh, <laughs> I finished up my Christmas shopping. Uh, I actually got everything I needed early this year instead of like a couple of days before Christmas. So. I'm good on Christmas shopping for the year. Man, I, that's impressive for a 24-year-old right there, man. Are you kidding me? I'm 38. So, I still I stand got it down. No, I haven't shopped yet, but I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I have somebody who can do that for me after 35 years. Is your family, are they flying down from North Carolina or over from North Carolina, or what, what's the plan for the holidays? Yes, I have some family members that will be here uh, Christmas time. So we got um, your team. You're in a tough spot right now, right? And the question people always want to ask is, what's the mentality of the team? But here's the advantage I have, right? I I do a show from VMAC every Thursday. And every Thursday when I walk into the building, the energy seems to be the same. Like, how how do you guys do that in times like this? Explain it for the people who have never been in a locker room and understand that there are going to be ups and downs during a football season. Oh, yeah, it's just simple, you know, never get too high, never get too low. Um, we we all understand that it's a long, you know, NFL season. You know, you got some players that will get banged up. Um, but the goal is always to, is always going to stay the same, and that's to, you know, try to go 1-0 and every week. And, um, you know, we've been 0-4 the last four games. But, like I said, as long as we got an opportunity to make the playoffs, you know, it's still going to be – high energy you know every day we're still going to compete and we're still going to you know try to make it to our end goal which is the super bowl all right he is Derek young wide receiver for the seahawks hey we appreciate you good luck this uh this monday go ahead and get it done in prime time man i appreciate you guys thanks for having me all right He's a great. Derek has been. I, he's, I love watching him. He, I, mean, I, I told you. I, it, it, you've heard me. I go. There's a couple guys uh, where I go. You, you have to watch him. Right. Uh, he, he athletic. I mean, six two two twenty five. He can run. He, he ran a four four. You know, combat. He's got thirty cents in vertical. I mean, he, he came from a wing tee. That's why I was asking. I go, hey, you know, he hasn't had that much opportunity to actually catch a lot of footballs. Right. And you know that. That's a skill, right? Yep. I mean, you got hand placement, all, route running, reading things. How long does it take for a guy to go from a wing tee to saying, okay, 
I, I got to take all this athletic ability and now turn it into a frontline starter. Because I think he has talent to be a frontline starter. Oh, definitely. Um, I think that uh, he's the type of guy who will be in the league for a while because of what he can do on special teams. And I think what a wing team teaches you, angles and leverage. And when you're on special teams, what do you need? Angles and leverage, right? That's why I think 83 is going to be here for a while because I watch the way that he plays. I look at him uh, taking advantage of opportunities like sitting Nick Bosa on his behind. That was a great. I mean, I, mean, I would clip that and hold on to it and show my kids when they start to talk a little bit too much and they don't know what dad used to do back in the day. You know, if you coach again next year, yeah, throw some wing T in that offense, buddy. I know it's ugly, but it works. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to throw a wing T in there, but I will throw some uh, elements of it. Okay. You know, some. Uh, I like the motion. Let's, let's go. I like let's the action the board, in the backfield. Man. You know, do that. Get on the board. You want to get on the you, board? I, well, I told you, the 49ers last year have a lot of elements yeah. of the wing T. They just don't line up traditionally with two backs and the quarterback and all that stuff. But their fakes and their motions and what they do pulling linemen. Very, very, very wing T-ish. Now, it's all about creating those angles, right? And I think yeah. Big Ray always talks about that. Um, he doesn't feel the Seahawks do enough creating blocking angles for their offensive linemen. Last week, I saw more of that for the first time. I saw, I saw the angles. I saw the motions. Um, and what that does, it makes that D-line have to shift. You put them in position that you want them in and, uh, and get her done. So, yeah, you know, you might see some wing T if I go back to Roosevelt right. High School. Let's do right, it. Let's do it. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you'll have a chance to win gift cards from the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. Tonight, they're giving away tickets or gift cards to Sweet Restaurant Lounge and Castilla Restaurant. When we return, we'll have Trey Brown here in person. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. This is Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection. The show is every Thursday. This is our last Thursday, actually, here. Um, And uh, it's been great, and why not? in this thing with a bang. Sitting up here is a guy who grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He attended the University of Oklahoma. He earned four Big 12 championship rings. Goodness gracious, you didn't save none for nobody else, <laughs> did you? Yeah. We're sitting here with Seahawks corner Trey Brown, man. Give it up one time. Thank you. Thank you. Good Trey, uh, how you doing, man? It's uh, It's been a, an interesting year for you, man. You, you're making some plays. You're, you're battling injuries. You guys have a ups and downs. How are you feeling right now? How's the team doing? Uh, man, we're just, uh, we're hanging in there. Um, you know, uh, you know, back end of the season, you know, it get tough for guys mentally and physically. Everybody got to, you know, just take care of their bodies and stuff like that. And, um, <clears throat> man, we're just trying to finish out uh, the rest of the season. Crazy. Uh, it's, it's your third year, right? Yes, sir. Third year. I mean, like you're a vet now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's pretty weird. I remember when you came out of college and uh, we had drafted you and I did a thing for the Seahawks called Inside the Film Room. And then we're just breaking down your game and stuff. And uh, I was I, we pulled the clips and it was when you played UCLA. And, and for those that were out there, I go. I don't know if you'll think that much of it, but for me it was a big deal. You guys, they, they ran kind of, a, you guys were playing cover two at the time, I, I, and uh, they ran just a typical seven route with a guy in the flat, and you held off that corner route, and as soon as the quarterback started to throw it, man, you just 
busted your tail, and, and uh, you either intercepted or laid the guy out. It's three years, so I can't quite remember. Was Do you it, remember that play? We played UCLA twice. So it, was, it would have been your senior year. So we were at UCLA? Yes. Uh, and then I came, did I intercept the ball? Yes. Oh, uh, yes, sir. So um, that was the play. And, and here's what I remember. I go, oh, we got a corner. I go, and not just a corner, he's got skill. I mean, he ran a 4-4-2 coming you know, in the combine. I go, so he's got speed. I go, but there's some things you cannot teach. You can't teach on how long do you hold that off. When do I, it was third and three, too. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of remember this play. And I go, and I just said, man, there's just very few guys who can do that. I go, we got a playmaker. Yeah. And so you are a playmaker. Yes, sir. And now you're, you're, you're getting your time. And, you know, I mean, you, you've solidified yourself as one of the corners there. Well, what are you more comfortable with? Because you can play the nickel, too. But it kind of moved Witherspoon into the, the nickel spot. You had a corner. Do, do you have a preference? Um, no, sir. Wherever I can make plays, you know, uh, that's what I do for this team. You know, uh, put myself in those situations where I can go out there and uh, help this team the best way I can. Um, I like corner, you know, because I like to go, uh, guard the best guys on the field. Usually that's typically where the best guys are at, you know. And, um, you know, I like to go out there and just make those plays for my team like I've been doing. I don't have a football question for you. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from California, right? So right. I went to school up here, and you slowly get acclimated. I start doing things that I didn't do when I was back home. I start talking different. My boys is like, who is you? I noticed you got a Carhartt beanie on right now. Do, <laughs> do y'all wear that back home or is that something you picked up here? Because no, I didn't wear Carhartt until I moved to the Northwest. Oh, uh, yeah, we, um, we wear that back at home. You know, yeah. Tulsa, we got all four seasons, you know, so you got to bundle up out there. <laughs> so, uh, man, I've been wearing Carhartt for a while since I was young, a young kid, and uh, I just keep it going. All right, so now to the football question. Um, man, uh, your instincts, I think you and Witherspoon have some of the best instincts on the football field. You guys kind of like you feel the game. There's some guys who need to see everything happening in front of them for them to react. I watch you guys playing. It, it seems like you're looking there, but you feel what's going on over there. Has that always been a part of your game, or is that something that developed over time in film study? I think that's what makes, you know, uh, I say me pretty unique. You know, uh, I know <clears throat> when I do my job, you know, hopefully, you know, the QB's going to look somewhere else. And usually when they do look somewhere else, I'm able to look somewhere else, uh, see where the holes are in the defense. And um, when I see that and I see someone else coming, that's when I'm able to, to uh, play off of my receiver and just go make, uh, make a play where I can help on the defense. You know, you, you really you look at – I'm just going to talk about the three of you guys, Woolen, uh, Witherspoon, and yourself. Yes, I mean, sir. you got – you know, you're your third year. You got Wool in your second year. You got Witherspoon your first year. I think you're all playmakers. Yes, sir. Um, do you guys? Do you guys hang out? The, the three of you? Do you, I mean, because you're the future of the, obviously the, the secondary with the Seahawks. Uh, do we hang out outside of football? Yeah, I just talk. <laughs> I mean, just talk. I mean, do you guys, from a bonding standpoint, you know, I mean, because you guys are all playmakers. I'm, I kind of feel like that personality gravitates to each other, but maybe not. Uh, usually, you know, after a good day of practice. I'm sure everybody like to go home and get to <laughs> yeah. the beds, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, man, the, I love those guys. Um, we hang out a lot inside the building, you know. Um, don't really do too much hanging out outside the building because, you know, everybody like to do their own thing. Yeah. But, uh, man, we're, we're all really close, and we got each other's back through the ups and downs. So uh, I think that's what makes us really close, you know, because we got to stick through it because, you know, the league is uh, up and down. You know, it can get really long, nasty out long, there. Long so, man, as long too. as we got each other back, you know, uh, that's all that really matters. 
So now you got uh you got Philly coming into town. Everybody knows they got AJ over there. They got uh Devonte. Man, when you look at this matchup, uh, what do you see and, and and how you guys feel coming into Monday Night Football? I see opportunity uh, to get back on that right track. You know, uh, we've been going against um, good receivers all year. Um, like I told those guys, man, let's get back to us. You know, uh, you know, we played uh, some of our best games that we played was the Bengals. The Browns, you know, they got some of the best receiving, uh, the best receiving core in the league. And uh, when we're out there having fun, man, I feel like we're one of the best in the league. And uh, you can see that on the field as we play our best game. And uh, like I told him, man, this is an opportunity. You know, uh, Monday Night Football, you know, everybody's watching. So let's get back to doing what we got to do, you know, when uh, the season's not over. You know, we, we get a win here. We went out the rest, and it's going to take care of itself. Yep. Yeah, playoffs start Monday. Now, there's no, I mean, just the way the tiebreakers work. And, you know, sometimes you're going, ah, maybe we, no, the, the playoffs start Monday. I, I'm assuming you guys are talking about that. Um, you know, yeah, well, you know, you, you see everybody else winning and losing, and, you know, uh, we're like, oh, this got to happen, that got to happen. But it don't really matter what everybody else do because we got to win first. You know, um, once we win, not really worried about everything else because um, it, matters, it matters what we do. Yeah. Right. Uh, man, this is the point of the season where the body starts breaking down <laughs> a little bit. I mean, if you – if you've ever played football, I don't care if you play Pop Warner, middle school, high school, in the pros, right? This is the type of the time of the season where the body starts feeling a bit different. This is your third year in the league. You feel like you've kind of uh, found a routine that works for you to, to keep you playing well? Yeah. Uh, cold tub, hot tub, most importantly. Right? <laughs> That's always your best friend. And, uh, man, I just say um, just what I, what I like to do is, you know, I go in there, I stretch, take care of my body. You know, you got to stay in that training room because, like I said, it's – it gets really tough. You know what, they, we got what, 17 games a year now. And, uh, man, once you keep a hold of that routine, you know, it can kind of help. Not saying it's going to help fully, but yep. it'll help your body a lot more than uh, usually compared to a guy who don't have a routine. So uh, once you got that routine and you see it start to work, you start to believe in it. Yeah, we're old enough. They only played 16 games back when we played. But, <laughs> but I do remember this time of the year. And it, it, it's such a mental part because – you have to take the physical therapy and taking care of your body so serious. And, sure. you know, again, not to call, I mean, college has gotten long, too. I mean, you sure. guys used to play 13, 14 games, too. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, do they talk about that to you guys a, a ton that, hey, yeah, what we do on the field is important. But, you know, we also got to make sure, you know, we go home, we get our rest, we got we to take care of our body. Of course, you got to take care of your body, man. You know, everybody's needed. You know, we need everybody out there. Not only are they counting on you uh, on the field, man, we're counting on you off the field. So uh, can't really do much if you're not really available, you know. And, um, <clears throat> man, that's, that, that, that's all that matters right there. This is like my third year, and this is really, I'd say, my first year that I've really just been fully healthy. Yeah. You know, so I know what it's like, you know, to be out there, you know, not be available for my team and just be injured. So, uh, man, it's a blessing that um, I'm able to play a full season this year and show people what I can do. So taking care of your body is very important. There are some stereotypes when it comes to positions. I'm a, I'm a receiver. They say we divas. We always want to look good. We want the ball. And I go, check, yeah. check, check, for sure. It <laughs> for is what sure. it is. There's some stereotypes when it comes to DBs. Y'all talk the most trash out of any position on the field. Do you participate in that? Me if, personally? If not, who, who does the most trash talk? Me personally, I don't. Because, hey, you can get burned that next play. Uh -huh. So I know I watch what I say, and uh, 
I just, hey, I, I talk my trash when that clock hits zero, zero. <laughs> so um, I really don't say much, but um, guys, I see who, who talk that trash and really back it up. Is uh you know Devin with the spoon you know he's, say. He's, he's, he talks the most. <laughs> I can you know? tell. That neck is you always. You can see his head moving. <laughs> yeah. That's a guy you know you're gonna believe who, who who's gonna talk that stuff. And hey, I'm a I'm a back him up out there. But you know yeah. uh, me, ah, I stay away from that. Yeah. I tell you that. I feel it, that. it only it only take. I was a big trash talker in college because yeah. you know in college you just. You're just better than most guys, right? Yeah. In the NFL, I said, mm, I ain't saying a word. <laughs> I said a lot to the offensive lineman back then. But uh, you're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, sir. We got a Hall of Famer uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, a guy yeah. named Steve Largent. Of course. Did, did you know that uh, before you got here? And have you had any conversations with him? He's just he's one of the great guys in the world. It's crazy. Uh, you know, I always talk about T-Lock. And, um, he even Tulsa, uh, too, yeah. T-Lock, he's also from Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, you know, coming up here, you know, I'm always praising T-Lock. And someone once told me, they was like, yeah, Steve Largent, too. I'm like, Steve Largent? Uh, where's he from? They're like, Tulsa. I'm like, wow, I did not know that. And then another fun fact is um, all our birthdays is around the same corner. Oh, you know, wow. uh, Steve Largent's birthday is September. T-Lock's is September. Mine is September. So I think that is all, that's, like, really clues, uh, cool that we're all from the same place and we got the same birthdays. So, man, I really did not know that. But, man, that's, that's, that's pretty – that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I played with Steve Largent. He was uh... – he was, I mean, Tyler Lockett's amazing too. Don't, yeah. I mean, he is. But Steve Largent was just, just an amazing route runner. It was mm -hmm. just, yeah, it was kind of, he'd lower you to sleep because you think, oh, he's not that fast, but whoop, he's gone. <laughs> and yeah, he was the first guy ever to catch 100 touchdowns in NFL history. That's crazy. That's, and, yeah. That's crazy. I, yeah, I see, his, I see his record, and then I'm like, oh, T Lock's going to break that. Uh -uh. And there was one record I was like, oh, T Lock not even uh -uh. close. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think anybody going to touch that. That's how good the guy was, man. And that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, Trey, uh, we appreciate your time, man. Uh, yes, I know sir. Thursday, it's not easy to get down here, especially with Snowflake laying going on and oh, all man. that stuff, man. We love seeing your growth. You've always been a favorite of ours, yeah. man. As soon yes, as sir. you got drafted, man, we appreciate your time Thank you guys. and, and yes, what sir. you're doing. All right, when we return, we'll go inside the film where we'll talk about Drew Locke finding DK, Brock Purdy, the Debo Thank Samuel. <laughs> all that is next right here Thank on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District of the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We are live for the last Thursday of the year here at the Bellevue Collection. It's presented by Bellevue Collection here. Uh, we're at Bellevue Square Center Court, man. And um, you know what? I love what we do, Paul Moyer. You do. Because, you know, you get to meet people like Joanna. We have the same birthday. She turned nine. I turned 38. Not that far apart. It's all good. You know, and uh, and she told me she got a new American doll. Those are expensive dolls. My daughter has three of them. It's ridiculous. Dude, Lila, so well Lila I believe the doll's about. name is, right? Lila is the doll's name. And, um, yeah, man, this is the, the perks of so our what, job. So what, what you're saying is what she said is my parents have to work really hard and support my American doll habit. There you go. Okay. All right. All right, man. I never, look, I'm so old. My kids, we, we were like uh, the Beanie Babies. Beanie Baby, Cabbage Patch? Yes. Wait, that's, that's dating me, right? Yeah. Uh, VH, I used to sit with my kids and watch Les Mis on our bed with a VHS tape. How's that? Now, now am I dating myself? Everybody's going, what's a VHS Well, tape? I feel like everyone here knows what we're talking about. Not everybody. Maybe, not, maybe not Joanna, though. No, Joanna, Joanna doesn't she know. She goes, what's a VHS? She doesn't even know what a DVD is. Like, we streaming this or what? What are we doing? Let's download this thing. Yes. All right, let's get inside the film room, though, man. Uh, this mm -hmm. is something that we love to do, breaking down 
some of the bigger plays of the game. The first play we're breaking down, man. Drew Locke responds mm -hmm. after the 49ers go three plays, 75 yards. They score a touchdown. Drew Locke responds. He finds DK Metcalf for a 31-yard touchdown. Here's a first down, play fake, look, throw far side, reaching up, making the catch. Oh DK gosh. makes the catch. Is he in the end zone? He is! Front corner of the end zone! Touchdown! Seahawks! DK Metcalf, are you kidding? What a throw by Drew Locke on the fake toss, and then he throws a rope right over the defensive back. DK reaches up with those big mitts, makes the catch. It's a 31-yard touchdown. The Seahawks are a point away from tying this baby up. What are we looking at, Moyer? You know, I mean, to, to keep this kind of simple, I mean, we, we do a little motion with our wing and you know, it comes back again, a little bit of a wing T type thing, you know, with their motion. Actually, I think they're stealing a page from the motion from the 49ers. But this, this is what I get excited about Drew Locke. Um, one, it's his footwork in the pocket, right? I mean, they flash on us. I, I think it's our, our, is it our left guard? No, actually, it's our center. And it's just the way we have our protection. They, he, they flash pressure uh, up the middle. And Drew Locke just kind of slides, got really good feet in the pocket. I mean, he just flicks this thing like it's nothing, man. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's such a beautiful throw, and it's such a perfect throw to DK. And I wish we had done more with DK on this. This is just kind of a stutter go. They get a one-on-one -on -one with him. You get one-on-one -on -one with DK, and, and he really, if he can push the corners into the field a little bit to create a little space to the sideline, which he's strong enough to do. He should do this every single time. He should be physical in his routes downfield and that he starts bodying guys to create that space. Because if you do, Gino and Drew Locke can, can put it on the sideline for him. And I, look, there's so many good things on this, but I think the big one for me is just this is one-on-one -on -one and it's a great throw and a great catch. What I like about this play is one, three tight ends in the game. Yeah. I think tight ends need to be utilized a bit more. Two, I like what they show the defense. You have your left guard pulling, right, emulating a run. You have uh, your tight end that's on the left side, an orbit motion, getting behind Drew Locke and showing like he's going to be a lead blocker for Ken Walker, who's on the right side. So you get everything flowing to the right of Drew Locke, and he knows where he's going with this football either way. Pre-snap tells him one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. I'm probably going to go there. All this movement does is holds the safeties pulls the linebackers and just opens up the picture for him a bit more. But just like you said, he steps back, flick the wrist, and the rest is all DK. And DK's concentration to catch that football when the DB almost bats it down, the positioning of the ball, man, it's a, it's a more difficult catch than what people think. Yeah, I mean, if you go from the end zone, uh, you know, again, it's a little bit what the 49ers did to us the first game in that they uh, had Brock Purdy roll out to the side and pull digs. And then they worked backside uh, by widening Witherspoon back into the post for a touchdown. Not that you all are going to remember. I do. Uh, he does the same thing. He just kind of rolls a little bit. But just this little toss, go watch Fred Warner. Fred Warner's completely fooled. Yep. But the comment I want to make is, but my goodness, the rest of the 49ers, they are on point. Mm -hmm. They lock up every one of our receivers on this, except for DK. All right, next play. Brock Purdy finds Debo Samuel for a 54-yard touchdown. 
Now wings out on the right side. Empty backfield. Here comes the blitz. Purdy has all kinds of time. Stands. Throws deep. Debo Samuel out there. He makes the catch. Touchdown San Francisco. And just like that, the Niners come back and take the lead. A 54-yard touchdown strike. All right, so this is what happens, man. You got um, you got a two-by-two two formation, essentially. Brock Purdy motions out McCaffrey from the backfield, so it becomes an empty set. And um, you got Debo Samuel, who's running a deep cross. Now, we're still trying to figure out whose fault this is, right? I'm looking at Jamal Adams. It's a too-high safety look. He's looking at the deep cross, and he gets caught being a bit flat-footed. I also look at, I believe that is uh, Reek Woolen, the corner over there, and it looks like he should be in a deep third or quarters look. Either way, I feel like somebody messed this up right here. All right? It could be Jamal. It could be Reek. But what happens is Debo runs a deep cross, and you got Jamal Adams, flat-footed eyes in the backfield. You don't have a corner getting to his deep quarters or deep third, and Brock Purdy just... Reads Jamal. He said it himself. He goes, look, I saw Jamal. He was flat-footed, eyes in the backfield. I knew that Debo Samuel was going to win this, so I tossed it up. What they do on the backside of this is they have their receiver run a curl. If that, quarter's, that, that corner's in cover three or cover four, that curl is going to make him think about life decisions. Do I jump this? Do I keep getting depth? What do I do? So either way, this is what San Francisco does. They put everybody in a bind. You make a decision. All right, you make the decision for the quarterback, and he'll let it loose. Nothing too tricky about this play. I think Brock Purdy just saw an advantage and, and took it. Uh, first of all, I just hate this play. I hate what we did with the rush. Uh, it's, it's a cluster. I mean, we, yeah. we, we, we blitz both of our line, middle linebacker, blitz Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks. Um, we, we drop... Boye Mafe. And again, here's a coaching point to me. You have to take a step across the line of scrimmage to pull that tackle to you. Right. He doesn't even do it. He just turns and runs because he's probably afraid that he's not going to get coverage on this. So it's, I don't want to say it's a zone blitz, but we, we, we blitz two inside linebackers and drop our two outside linebackers uh, instead. So, again, this, this is chalkboard. I, I love it. Hey, I'm drawing this thing up. This is going to work. All right, now i got to coach the heck out of this thing. So it's a terrible rush. He's got all day to throw, a clean pocket, nobody coming off the edge. Um, it, it's just not good. The other thing, I don't know, if we're, if we're playing quarters, um, number three down the middle is the weakness of this defense. No one runs with them. Jamal on the backside kind of looks at it. I would have audible to a cover two in this thing because it's a tight formation. I don't like quarters in this situation. I'd rather have it. And by the way, if we had to play cover two, we would have covered this thing. So hindsight's 20-20. I I don't like anything about this. It's (laughs) mostly on Jamal Adams because supposedly they had coached this, seen this, knew what was coming, and he still didn't play it right. All right, let's be quick on this last one. Drew Locke finds Kobe Parkinson for a 25-yard touchdown. Drew Locke out of the shotgun, play fake, fakes a throw to the far side, now throws it down the middle, ball is caught, Parkinson down to the 10, down to the 5, he is in, touchdown, Seahawks from 25 out, what a beautiful play design, the Seahawks and Drew Locke fake the throw one side, then the other, that has been used against us this season, and then the throw in the middle of the field to a wide open tight end, Parkinson, who scores from 25. The Seahawks back in this one. It's 21-16. 
Man, it's always nice when you draw a play up or you take a play from somebody else and it works perfectly. That's exactly what Play-tourism happens right works here, in man. Football, man. You catch uh, the Niners in quarters right there and uh, you, you fake a screen to the left, you fake a screen to the right, you get the defense to expand. Kobe Parkinson, one 1,000, two 1,000 blocks and releases right up the middle. Everything was perfect. The play was executed beautifully. Great job here. Stole it. Love it. Nothing else to add. Plagiarism in football works. <laughs> it always works. Not in school. All right, kids? Yeah, not if you're a Don't plagiarize. Present. Too much technology. Back in Moyer's day, you could, <laughs> you could copy a paper with no problem, and it'd be all good. All right, when we come back, it's time to talk that talk. We'll square up and talk about a couple of um, some topics here. And he'll let me know that I'm wrong. I'll let him know that I'm right. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live, the last one of the year. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. It is now time to talk that talk. This is when we throw some topics out there and uh, we debate whether I'm right or he's right. And he tells me I'm wrong. He's wrong. We, uh, we, leave, we leave here. We have a beer and it's all good. Oh, look, you're like my wife. You're usually right. Uh, you're like my wife. You're usually right. No, I am right. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've known each other too Let's long. see who is actually right, okay? Now, we might agree on a few of these. Uh, we might. We might. Here's the first one, okay? It's for you, Moye. Yo. A winning season at 9-8 and eight, but no playoffs would be a disappointment for this year's Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely. No question about it. Massive disappointment. Uh, mainly because we were a playoff team last year. We thought we got better, and I still think we did get better. We were 5-2 and two at one point. You know, we were in first place. <laughs> and, yep. you know, we're now, what, four games behind uh, San Francisco. We were tied with them at 6-3, and three, and they've gone on a run. Yeah, a, a huge disappointment. And, look, it's not the, the losing to San Francisco twice and the Cowboys – I think you would be okay with that. Yep. Uh, losing to Cincinnati, we shouldn't have lost to them. And then losing to the Rams twice, but particularly the last time down there when we had a 10-point lead, that was a crusher. Uh, yes, disappointment all the way around. Nine and eight, you repeat the same record from last year. You don't make the playoffs. Huge disappointment. Why? Because you thought you found your quarterback in Geno Smith. I still think you have your quarterback for at least another year or so. Um, you thought you upgraded on the defensive line. You've gotten rid of a lot of guys. You bring in personnel that you feel like fits what you want to do. You bring back Bobby Wagner. You, you get Jordan Brooks, and you thought you were going to have him. I thought he wouldn't be playing until about now. Uh, yeah. You bring in Devin Bush just in case. You draft Devin Witherspoon. You upgraded this football team offensively and defensively. So if you have the same record from last year, you do not make the playoffs. This has to be a disappointment, man. But here's what they can do. They can win the next four and go 10 and 7. I think that gets and, you in. And possibly sneak in that thing. No, I think you get in at 10 and 7. I, I, I'm confident we would get in at 10 and 7. 9 and 8, we just don't. I think uh, no, 10 and 7, we get in. 9 and 8, we don't have any of the tiebreakers. That, that, that won't happen. All right, second time. Or right. second, or yes, my, my turn. Um, Look, we put we thank you. Question number two. We we play some <laughs> tough teams <laughs> lately. Obviously, the 49ers and, and the Cowboys. Um, we we've been sporadic. I mean, we scored forty or thirty-five points. I guess or thirty-four points versus the Cowboys. We're gonna need 
35 points or more to beat Philly, who has a very good offense. All right, well, Philly has lost three games. They lost to the Jets, surprise, surprise. Yeah. What was that score? 20 to, 20 14. to 14. They lost to the Niners, 42 to 19. They lost to the Cowboys, 33 to 13. I'm no mathematician, but something tells me you need to score about 30 points yeah. to win this game. So 35 would ensure that you win. I look at this defense and I feel like they will give up 35. I look at the offense and say they are capable of putting up 30. So I'm going to say yes. You need to score 35 points or more to beat Philly just because of the weapons that they have and the possibility of a shootout. Because you look at both defenses mm -hmm. and they're struggling when it comes to certain categories. I'm going to say that is true. Well, I mean, our defense has given up over 30 points uh, three games in a row. They're good teams. I don't think Philly's in the in the, quite the same category right now as the, the 49ers and the Cowboys. But I think you need to put 30 plus. So I'm going to say no, we need 31, but I'm going to go with 35 just to give myself a little cushion. All right, 35. <laughs> All right, next one. Kobe Bryant deserves more of an opportunity on defense this week. What do you say? Absolutely, man. I, I feel like I wrote that question even though I didn't. <laughs> I, we got to match up, man. We cannot have that one play that when we were showing the, in, inside the film room. We had five linebackers on the field at third and 11. And when I say five linebackers, to me, Jamal Adams is another linebacker. You cannot match up in this league with five linebackers in passing situations. The league has changed, man. It's gone to a hybrid. The Cowboys didn't even have linebackers on the field in third down. They right. did, but it was a guy who was six foot three, 224 pounds. He could run. You gotta have guys who can run to understand defense, break on the quarterback, make plays, intercept the ball. Kobe Bryant is a playmaker, man. He's a Jim Thorpe Award winner. Get his butt on the field. <laughs> How's it's that? Spicy. And I'm not even saying he's one of our top four defensive backs, but I think he's our fifth. It's all about matchups, right? It's matchups. That's what the NFL is. Yep. It's, it's matchups. I can need you, playmakers. Can you? <laughs> hey, boy, I'm feeling you right now. I know. Man. I'm feeling you sorry, right now. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional. No, I like it's Christmas it. time. I like it. And I agree with you. You have to be able to match up. You have to look at your players and say, what is he best? What is he best at? What does he struggle with? And there are a couple guys in the secondary that struggle in those matchups. What the 49ers did is they packed you in and they motioned guys out and say, yep, we're going to get this guy on a linebacker. We're going to be able to exploit this matchup. I'm with you. Kobe Bryant, the guy who forced four fumbles last year, a guy who won the Jim Thorpe Award, a guy who's on the opposite side of Sauce Gardner. You know he can play. Give him an opportunity because um, what's been going down the last four weeks has not been working. So I'm all about it, man. Give this guy an opportunity. Let him get after it. Okay, we agree again. Now, okay. We like three for three. All right, here's, a, here's, a, here's, <laughs> here's one that's relevant. So we had the fifth pick in the draft last year. Everybody thought Jalen Carter was going to be the number one pick. He fell some of it, you know, with some issues that he had uh, off the football field, um, whatever it was, why he dropped. We take Devin Witherspoon, a bit of a surprise. And there's two guys right now, really defensive player or rookie of the year right now that are being talked about. One's Jalen Carter. The other one is uh, obviously Devin Witherspoon. And to me, Devin Witherspoon deserves defensive rookie of the year over Jalen Carter. Ooh, 
Jalen's played well. Just to get, he's got he's four sacks. Well. He scored a touchdown last week, picking up a, a fumble. At one point, uh, after like the fourth or fifth game of the year, I think he had more quarterback hits than anybody in the league, even though I think that was a pro football focusing where he had 11 in one game. I didn't see it when I watched the film, but whatever. But he plays 54% of the snaps. Jalen Carter is not the best player on his defense. He might not even be top three or four. Devin Witherspoon is arguably the best defender on the Seattle Seahawks defense. Um, he has a bunch of passes defending the pick six. He, he can get after the quarterback. He's good in coverage. He has close to 70 tackles, which you pointed out earlier. I'm good with Devin Witherspoon. He deserves it. You know, that was a really good point you just made there. I mean. I make a lot of them, Paul. No, I know you do. I, I, I got to listen more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, is Devin the best player we have on defense? I think he is right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't think of someone better. Boye and, had a run. Uh, yeah, he Boye, he slowed down. You know, he, uh, watching him on that first play try to run, I guess something's not right with him. I, I, again, I don't know if it's just. Not that maybe he's injured, but he looks nicked up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I could throw Reed in there. I think, you know, Leonard Woods is starting to play pretty well for us also. Um, when Brooks is healthy, that, that part's there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's certainly top three and might be the best on our, our defense. So that sold me for sure on Defensive Rookie of the Year. That better happen. I think this is uh, one of maybe four times we've gone three for three agreeing on this. Four for four. So it's a uh, four for four. So it's not even talk that it's talk. Christmas, it's man. just uh, agree and get along. We've been married for a while, buddy. It's, it's been a we while. We just agree. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> All right. When we return, you know what? We'll put a, is this the last segment? It is. We'll put a bow on this thing. We'll talk about our next week's opponent. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Dining District at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court, live on air on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. Our um, on-site engineer is yelling at me. She says we're back. I don't like being yelled at, okay? I got high school trauma, Colt Salter at Culver City High School, yelling at me because I gave up a touchdown against losing her high school when I was a free safety. Uh. You know what never happened again? Uh-uh. A touchdown behind me. You ain't going to run by me. No, because uh. they put you at wide receiver. No. I, I, oh, come oh on, they, they played you both ways? Yeah, both ways, man. It was back in the day. You know, this ain't nah, no look, man, I, I, I won a state championship in, or CIF Southern Section Championship my junior year. We didn't go both ways. Really? We had 100 kids. See, we didn't have 100. We had like 50 or Yeah, 60. that'll that'll do it. Yeah. I mean, numbers numbers matter. I wanted to play both. We had guys who could play both ways. Our coach was adamant. No, I'm not playing both ways. I'm like, we might have won a second one or a third one if we had a. But he just he, he coached it really like a college team, which is pretty impressive. Well, you got numbers you can do that over yep. there in the OC. Oh, yeah. All right, man, let's talk about, um, I mean, we, we already, we've been talking about these guys, right? Yeah. And. Um, they ain't no good. We've been talking about these guys. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> Even our crowd knows. <laughs> we've been talking about these guys, and um, the Philadelphia Eagles will present an opportunity to break the trend of losing games. And you have to be fundamentally sound. You got to rally to the football. You know, what's the phrase we were using last year when it came to describing the 49ers is that they were hunters, right? They're, they're hunters. out there hunting. 
That's Can't what you need this defense to do. You have to hunt. You do. Yeah. Um, they're, this team's not as physical. I, I think their they're front four defensively uh, will be a challenge. Um, particularly their tackles. They're strong. They're bull rushers. We got to hold the, the line there and let our, our quarterback step up in the pocket. But, you know, and they got skill. They're just not playing that well right now. You know, I mean, you look at them statistically, they're 28th on defense. They got less sacks, less interceptions than we do, and they're, they're skilled. And, and so it's a head scratcher for Philadelphia fans, too. Well, what's going on with them right now? Uh, the difference is, you know, they, they got 10 wins. Yep, 10, they, ten, ten I mean, you know, they got 10 wins. We, we got six. Uh, that, that, that's a big difference. But we match up well at home. Uh, we're going to have to play physical. But, man, I mean, we've, we've gone through a gauntlet. This Monday is the beginning of the playoffs, and we'll find out really quick, uh, really quick, if we're a true playoff contending team because we've we got to put these guys away, and probably by double digits uh, to where you feel good about it. Because let me tell you what, while this is a playoff game, the next three game playoff games are not going to be easy. I mean, Tennessee, right. I mean, you just saw what they did. Will Levis is uh, uh You know, it was electric. a great, great comeback. I mean, I feel confident in that, but I'll be tough. I mean, the Steelers, I mean, coming here, they, they, they will they'll pack the place up. I right. mean, they travel exceptionally well. So that will be, you know, the, it'll be noisy, period. But tough game defensively, even though they're really struggling. And then, you know, you got a divisional game to end with Arizona, and they're starting to play a little bit better. So none of them are easy. Monday is, to me, the defining moment. Have we figured this thing out? Offensively and defensively, we've been playing pretty well special teams all year long. We've been up and down offensively and defensively. I mean, it's time to get it right. Let's get it right, man. Monday's the time. I'm with you. Um, I feel better about this if Geno Smith plays. Do you? Yeah. Now, I, I think Drew Locke still gives you an opportunity to win. Um, physically, he can get it done. It's can you do it for 65, 70 plays, right? That's, yeah. that's about how many plays that you're going to get. But I feel better if, if Geno gets the start. Now, if Geno gets oh, the let start. Let me ask you this. So. I got a 90% Geno. Yeah. He's got a groan. I'm taking them. Groins are difficult, right? 90, 90% I'll take Lateral. them. Lateral. I'll take them, 90%. Okay. I'll take them. Um, yeah, definitely I'll take him. But here's the thing. If you get Geno, he, he gets the start and something happens and he doesn't feel right and Drew Locke comes in, I feel okay. Yeah, about, I feel good I feel about okay that. about the situation. I, I will also feel better if um, Ken Walker looks good too. He was healthy last year, uh, excuse me, last week, made a, a big run after the catch, um, but he pulled up a little bit. Um, I don't know exactly what went on, but he's been practicing this week, says he looks good. Uh, Zach Charbonnet looks good as well. I, God, um, I would like to get him more touches. I mean, they did, you know, the screen the week before. He had the other big run uh, where was that? That was the one where uh, uh, Young uh, uh, hit Bosa. Young yep. hit uh, Bosa we had on earlier. So, yeah. Um, Charbonnet had a great run, too, man. It was a pin and pull. You had Greenlaw in the A gap or B gap. Makes a move. Boom. And he keeps me optimistic, too, because I see the way that he's progressed over the last few weeks. And I go, okay, now. Uh, there was a, a game or two where Zach Charbonnet was getting the bulk of the carries, and, you know, you had to kind of ease them into it. But if you got both these guys healthy, I think they've both shown 
that they're capable of mixing it up. Because you got Ken Walker, who is the the big play Barry Sanders type of, of runner, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to make guys miss. I'm going to go east-west, and then I'll get north-south. So where Zach Charbonnet is more downhill, and I like that mix of two different kind of backs, I'm still waiting to see Kenny McIntosh. Still waiting to see what he brings to the table. But I look at the run game, and I go, you could be okay. If you rush for 100 yards, the Seahawks are 5 in. Oh. Let's run the ball. Uh, let me ask you a question. A.J. Brown is hes a problem. Do we match up versus him? No. I think you got good enough corners to where wherever he wants to be, you let him be. No, I'd say so we match up fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we match okay. up fine. I thought, you, yeah. I, I thought you meant like follow him. No, I, I mean, he's just he's tough. I mean, he's a, statistically, he's the second best receiver in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's strong. Uh, he's a big guy. I mean, he's he's problem. Like, who matches up perfectly against that guy? There's no perfect matchup. Unless you got, like, a 6'2 corner who's flexible Woolen. and who can run. <laughs> uh, well, he's still learning. He is. I mean, Witherspoon's, what, six foot, you know, and, and he he's slight. Foot. He's 5'11". Slight. Okay, 5'11", <laughs> but, he, but he plays bigger than that. He does. Uh, you know, I, look, we, we need to get pressure on the quarterback, and, uh, you know, we'll need to do some help at times over the top. I mean, look, to me, you go into this game, you go, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to take away A.J. Brown for sure. Yep. And I am not letting Jalen Hurts beat me with his legs. Nope. Can't 12 touchdowns it. on the ground. Cannot do it. For Jalen Hurts. You got to take away their strength. All right. Hey, last one man. of the year. Man. Merry Christmas to all of you, by the way. Happy New Year. Thank you for coming out. My every man, week. last one. You missed your raffle. You know what? But you, I, something tells me the universe is going to work for you, and, and you're going to get yours eventually. All right, a special thanks to Derek Young, Trey Brown for joining the show, our board operator, Max Strobel, on-site engineers, the lovely Brenna Rogers, production assistant is brother Chauncey Sanders, and our executive producer is Nasa Chobie. Also, shout-out to Arlene, Jeanette, Richard, and Julia for everything they do behind the scenes. They make all this happen, man. The Seahawks pregame show is live this Monday starting at 2 p.m. Thank you guys so much for everyone who's listened, who joined us here this season. We appreciate it more than you know until next year. It has been awesome, man. This is Hawks Live. I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, with my man, Paul Moyer. Talk to you guys next year.